You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. for booty I am back what it do baby halfway take a few steps back you ain't got the answers man you ain't got the answers what? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Damn, son, where'd you find this? Sunny Frames in the motherfucking building, Mr. 365, coming in live. Ooh, we let's get him. already know what time it is it's your boy fuzzy vision trying to see the world clear one day at a time and you know what time it is far from normal podcast baby what it do sonny <laughs> we here we gonna get this motherfucking party started Let y'all know, stop. Put some respect on my name. You understand me? When y'all saying my name, put some respect on it. All right. Y'all already know what time it is. It's your boys far from normal podcast, and we back at it again. First of all, I'm going to need you to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a mother effing friend to follow and subscribe to your boys. We on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and other platforms podcast platforms as well you can catch us on youtube that's far from normal one word no spaces in between far from normal we dropping them visuals making sure we get in that content out and you guys can see your boys we put a face to the words y'all can see us y'all can see the fly guys doing their thing and you can always also follow us on the gram especially if you support the boys we at far underscore from underscore normal underscore podcast hit us up there make sure you follow and like the page Make sure you share it to your friends you as check, well. You tell them to check and out the website. Up, I got you. Okay, I got okay, you, brother. Easy, easy. I got, okay. We got the website going okay. as well. www.farfromnormalpodcast.com. Check it out. The boys are putting in effort, putting in work, making sure everything is 
Anki Dory. Everything is coming correct. You already know. You can find me at Fuzzy Vision. That's Fuzzy Vision with two ends at the end of Vision. You already know I'm up. I'm, I'm up on there doing my thing. I'm gonna be posting a lot more stuff. I'm gonna be more active this year. We doing our thing. So Sunny, let them know what the handle is. You already know it's a guy, Sunny Frames. You can catch me at Sunny Frames, S-O-N-N-Y, Frames Double S at the end. Make sure when you check out my gram, check out the stories, especially the stories, because I post a lot of inspirational things, especially that has to do with great men in this world, that has to do with chasing your dream, chasing your purpose, and executing, especially execution. A lot of people have in their mind what they want to do, but the execution is always the biggest problem. So, guys, let's get to the execution stage and taking action on our dreams. And, and Fuzzy, let's get them. All right, we back, baby. We back, we back, and we back. All right, today we gonna get right to the shits. Today we got a special call in, right? We got a special call in yes, today. This is a gentleman that's you know, um, what age is um, uh, Kevin there? Forty three. Forty three. So this gentleman is gonna be forty three. We're talking to an older gentleman that's gonna give us some insight into marriages this is a guy that's been married for 10 years and we're gonna get into that topic you know a lot of people like to you know the marriage conversation always comes up when it comes down to it especially when it comes down to taking a woman seriously or a woman taking a man seriously yep how does marriages work Um, especially in the future for men that have already gone through it absolutely very important yeah very important to to hear from uh, men that have been through the stage already in life and that can give advice on you know selection the type of woman you select um you know how the relationships work how you have to work on the the marriage how it may affect you culturally how it may affect you financially there's many different responsibilities that come with the marriage, and that's why we're not quick to promote marriage, but we do think it's in the best interest of a lot of people to get married just because for the sake of children and cultivating a family. Now, it comes with a lot of consequences as well and sacrifices that people don't want to talk about. Marriage is not simply about love. It's about connecting your families together and making that um, situation work symbi- symbiotically, right? So, yep. so um, people have to understand that you know marriage is nothing light. It's not something that you just wake up and make a quick decision on an impulse decision. This is something you have to really think long and hard about because it may affect you financially, especially if things don't work out. And a lot of the times things don't work out. We know all the statistics that come with, you know, marriage when it comes to divorce, when it comes to child support, when it comes to all these different aspects and, you know, people coming after one another, one another wanting more out of it when, the, when it's all said and done and it's turning ugly. We've heard about many situations of people even being jailed for not paying certain alimony or, you know, dodging certain bill payments when it comes down to divorce. So we do want to get into this and also especially the dynamics in the marriage. So with that being said, Sonny, let him know. Okay, Kevin, can you hear us? Kevin, you to be here. Yes, sir. We got Kevin on the line, guys. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, Kevin in the building. <laughs> 
Let's go. I told you, man. Anytime we get somebody on the line, we always make sure we give them a warm welcome. Absolutely. Kevin, thanks for joining the panel today. It's a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Likewise. Yes, Kevin. Welcome. welcome. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So we're both on the line. Sunny Frames and Fuzzy Vision. And today, the topic, we've already discussed it earlier. And, yeah, we really want to get some insight in marriage. And you being in a 10-year marriage, what was your experience in being in a 10-year marriage? And what brought you to that point that you decided that you wanted to go the marriage route? And first, before you even start, could you introduce yourself to the viewers and the listeners, could you give us just a brief description of what you do and who you are as a person? Mm, I thought from the applause, the audience knew who I was, that warm welcome. Oh, yeah, the warm <laughs> welcome is because anytime we get viewers on, we got to make sure, you, you know, it's a warm applause. <laughs> yeah, what I do, I'm not even sure what I do. One of the things that I do professionally is I'm a pricing consultant. Okay. So I help, yeah, I help service-based business owners charge more money for what they already have. Okay, cool. Without working more from a place of love. Okay. Okay, nice. Yeah, and my name is Kevin, as you know, Kevin Dubrovsky. Okay, Kevin, do you want to insert your handle where people can find you? Yeah, sure. My Instagram is probably the easiest, Kevin, K-E-V-I-N. Okay. D-U-B-R-O-S-K-Y. All right. Just find me on Insta, and uh, you can DM me or follow me or or block me. You can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> that's right. There you go. I just Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So enlighten us. Enlighten enlighten your pupils on marriage and your experience and what you've experienced through your. That, those ex- escapades. But, but before we get into this, we want to break it down like uh, question by question because yeah. it's too vague for you to, you know, just give a whole rundown. So first of all, what motivated you to get married in the first place? Yeah, and what age were you when you didn't mm. decide? Yes. Yeah. I was in love with the woman that I was dating at the time. I was 25 years old when I proposed to her. Jesus Christ. And, <laughs> and we had been we'd been dating for only nine months, but we'd been friends for years before that. Wow. So I kinda <laughs> And she was twenty three. And uh I was also raised in a fundamentalist Christian cult. I didn't realize it was a cult at the time, so I was also a virgin at twenty five. Jesus so, Christ. Um, <laughs> so uh, sex was a big part of what I imagined uh, marriage would add to my life. I mean, in addition to the companionship and the emotional intimacy and, you know, being able to spend your life with one amazing person. Mm. I also believe that I was going to live forever back then. Mm. Wow. Um, so I, so I, in my head, marriage was an eternal contract. It wasn't uh, something to be taken lightly. Mm. Okay. So, so my question is for the, um, so your motivation was more, I would say, family-based? 
like like um through through your culture probably is was that through your family was that uh was that um a religion your family followed yeah when i was born my parents were already in the cult yes okay so, so, so i was yes. i was okay yeah i was raised to believe that that was the nature of reality I, oh, okay. I was never taught that it was just a religion. I was taught that it was the truth about the universe, about God, about life, about the future, about the past, about everything. Okay, so was this so, a path that like many of your friends took as well? Is this something that like you're you were familiar with when you got into it? Yeah, so I mean, I basically grew up only with friends who were in the cult as well. Okay. So my entire little world of association was all people that were indoctrinated with the same ideas so and uh part of the thinking behind the cult is that even if you go to school which of course i did um all these kids at school were not positive association for you so we always were encouraged to keep other kids and other people at arm's length never really to let them in psychologically emotionally friendship wise even because they were dangerous in how they thought. That's how cults work. That's just a classic cult move. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, under- I, I can understand that yeah. in the sense that in order for the doctrines to be strong, you need to make sure that yeah. everybody's on the same page. You don't That's want right. um, you don't want other ideologies to kind of infiltrate <clears throat> that um, the the teachings. Exactly. So so when you decided to get married to this woman, how long Mm -hmm. you, what was your thought process at that moment? You said that you were in love, but what was that Mm -hmm. initial, oh yeah, you said you also wanted to have sex and that was your best way of getting sex. Um, According to your religion, you need to be married in order to have sex. Is that right or, or wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you You've dated for seven months prior to getting married? So nine months before, actually, I got, I forgot about the engagement. So we dated for nine months when I proposed to her, and then we were engaged for six months. Uh, So I guess a year and three months from the first date to when we got married. But we had known each other for years before that. We're kind of hanging out in very wholesome environment together, but not dating for years before that. A couple of years, two and a half years, maybe, let's say. Okay, okay, I, I hear you on that. And and then yeah. while you, now we're going to skip past to the point of now you're in in the marriage. So you said mm-hmm. that you guys did have sex prior to marriage? No, So you didn't never. have, okay, so there's no sex prior to marriage. But when you did get married, how much times were you able to have intercourse prior to it just coming to a, a dead stop. Yeah, so um, we got married in August '99, and the sex stopped in March 2000. So seven months later, approximately, mm. and, and never we- happened again. Never happened ever, 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 ever again. Was there an explanation for why? Wait, before we get into that, because the audience doesn't know the details. So how long was this marriage? From that point, of course, you're married, obviously, just one year. But from that point, how long did it last before? So you never had sex in how many years while you were married with this woman? 
yeah, so after the sex stopped, uh, I was faithful to her, yep. and we never had sex for the next 11 years. Damn. 11 oh, years. So, yeah, from, yeah, so from the age of 26 to 36, I had sex zero times in my life being a married man, desperately wishing I, w- I had that kind of relationship with my wife at the time. Yeah. So, so what would you say kept you within that relationship? If, if sex is part, uh, under my understanding, you guys were part of this cult, or you know, where I would assume children would have been something that both of you guys thought about. Is that was that part of your cult to to have children, or was that something that you two decided on? Is that something you guys had conversations about? Yeah, we talked about it, and we didn't want any kids because we believed that in the that again we're going to live forever on in this beautiful paradise on the earth, and that in the future we could have kids when we're perfect, but not right now because we we had you know other things to do. We had to warn people about the end of the world, and we had to stay busy with activities that that were that felt more important than raising kids. The cult is pro children. Yeah. It's not like it's anti children, but. Okay. Yeah, we didn't want to have kids, and it's possible that actually my ex was mostly concerned about the risk of her getting pregnant. Um, to answer your previous question, you know, like, did we talk about it and then what happened? Endless numbers of times, you know, I asked her, you know, what's the matter? Is everything okay? And, you know, what's going on? And the answer was always the same. It was, leave me alone, uh, you know, and, and often some tears. You know, so it was never disclosed to me and there was no, there was no event. There was no fight. There was no incident. There was no health issue. There was no, you know, conversation. It just stopped one day. I went to hold her hand one day and she pulled her hand away and uh, that was the end of it. And we actually stayed married for 17 more years, but I was faithful to her for the next 11 and that's when I started. And after 11, I started to cheat on her and hide it Jesus and live a double Christ. life. Well, yeah. I mean, at that point, I mean, I'm surprised you even lasted that long, to be quite fair. A lot of men don't have that type of um, patience, especially that already, resolve. especially yeah. the resolve. And especially you've experienced sex with her already. So you already know what that sensation's like at that point. You know, if you were a virgin throughout yeah. the marriage, it's slightly different. But you already married her, and according to marriages, you're supposed to, you know, be able to have access to her body as she has access to yours. And what I'm, yeah. what I'm trying to figure out is because a lot of men, especially and women too, they honestly don't believe that you can be married and have a sexless marriage. They they actually do not yeah, fathom they, this idea. Yeah, they truly don't believe and, that. And what they don't understand is that most people's parents are in sexless relationships, especially when they have children. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact. Um, you know, it's a it's a weird thing to think about, obviously. You don't want to think about what your parents are up to at nighttime or whatever the case may be, but chances are that, you know, sex isn't that frequent. They just don't have the time. They're busy working. Bad. They're trying to figure out how they're going to provide for their family. There's a lot more important issues going on where sex sometimes is on the back burner and never prioritized. So in your relationship, it sounds like sex wasn't a priority, but 
to be fair, it doesn't seem like you pushed for sex neither. It seemed that you were maybe yearning for uh-huh. sex, but you didn't pressure um, your woman to, you know, provide that for you, being her husband. Well, yeah, that wouldn't, that's not accurate, actually. I, oh. I don't know about push. I guess I didn't push for it, but I did. To be honest, I, it's hard to describe what happens after 11 years of being rejected to your face by the one person that has the most control over your emotional state. Mm. Yes. Um, but I, so, I mean, by the end, I, I felt like a disgusting, worthless piece of garbage that was completely ugly and unlovable. Um, and I was basically, had, I was in begging mode for years, begging and just being rejected, rejected, rejected. And we used to, uh, we only worked part time because we were so busy with the cult. So it's not like we weren't together all the time. We'd go on vacation all the time, like a couple of months a year near the end. We were on vacations and every, every vacation I would say to myself, okay, like, this is going to be the time that we're going to get back. And I would light candles and I would give her massages and I would like, this is it. And then rejection again. Wow. Like, wow. That's crazy. I, but you so know, it, yeah. I, I was just going to say, did you t- uh, discuss this with your fellow friends that were also in the call toward with her, mm. her, like, did you get any advice on the situation that you were in? Did you, mm. did you share your grievance to others sadly i did not talk to anybody about what was going on and here's the twist at the time i was also serving as like a spiritual leader and judge Mm. and shepherd in the congregation of the christian cult that i was in for years at the same time and i was even getting up on stages and teaching people about what healthy marriages look like and giving advice for people wow and I felt, you know, my own marriage was a disaster when it came to this stuff. And uh, so I felt like a loser, to be honest. And I was a little bit proud and I thought it was this pointless and I thought that it was just going to go away. I remember thinking it's only been three years. It's only been five years. It's only been seven years. It's okay. What's seven years in, wow. on an eternal landscape, on an mm. eternal time horizon? Now, do you believe and, that? Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to no, say, and I was just going to mm-hmm. say, so there's a lot of, and there was a lot of, there is a lot of infantilization inside the cult. I'm no longer in the cult, thankfully. Yes. But there's a lot of immaturity and infantilization and fantasy around what it takes to make a, a marriage really work, especially around intimacy. So that was part of the indoctrination that sadly I, I, I guess was exposed to or shaped by. Well, but there, congrats yeah. to the fact that you're out of the cult and you, uh, do you yeah. feel freer? Do you feel like you've um you're a brand new person do you feel that your life has changed for the better yeah absolutely so when i started cheating on her after 11 years i actually was in the cult for six more years and cheating on her and getting up on stages in front of thousands of people talking about god and holiness and righteousness and basically a a horrible hypocritical liar and (laughs) you know, double life champion. Uh, and I was disgusted by basically who I'd become. And then I was kicked out of the cult when I came clean about it all. Yeah, I was kicked out of it, which actually I didn't, I, I felt I deserved. So that was not the problem. Uh, but I spent the next three and then we separated when I got kicked out. And that was six years ago. And I spent the next three and a half years trying to get back in. Wow. 
because I still believed it was real. And it was only two and a half years ago I realized, oh, that thing is a fucking mind control cult. I had no idea. Well, exactly. Until yeah. two and a half years ago. So since then, my entire world has uh, shifted. There was a cataclysmic loss of identity and meaning and purpose and everything two and a half years ago. But since then, I feel amazing now. So now you, I feel you very feel liberated. Clear, powerful. You feel liberated, liberated now. Yeah. yeah, that's a good word. But I wanted, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to just get back to the the relationship in terms of your marriage. Was it? Um, do you believe that? Do you believe that sex is? If you, if you were, sorry, if you were to rank sex in a marriage, where would you rank it in terms of most important things in a marriage? So, say you have five most important parts to a marriage or duties to a marriage. Where would you rank sex in that? factor like where would that factor in out of the five most important things? well what are the other four well you tell me because you kept you stuck okay. you well, stuck in your marriage so you'd say probably <laughs> your, your and beliefs all, and you'd all say of that beliefs. is um it's relative to the individual yeah because so. you'd say maybe your beliefs love um companionship okay. maybe those are, are certain <clears throat> things because for you it seems that sex i don't know how serious that was a part of your marriage because it did take you a while before you said you you decided to go on on your own and do what you had to do in order to get your urges off it took you quite a while so would you say that was the most important factor in your marriage or because i mean would you say that was the main reason it dissolved or was it because of other reasons or also was she? oh no that was the reason yeah that was the reason it fell apart i heard this great description that sex is like money Mm -hmm. when you have it you think about other things and when you don't you think about nothing else Mm. Interesting. Sure, interesting and that and i definitely got to that place like after after 10 11 years of nothing i was obsessed and consumed and hopeless and distraught and could think of nothing else wow. um, but to answer your other question like i'm in my condo right now and i'm looking around there's a bedroom a living room a kitchen a balcony and a bathroom and if you said to me okay which room is the most important I would say it's hard to say, you know, like I, like if my condo didn't have a kitchen in the moments that I'm hungry, I'd be like, damn, I wish I had a kitchen in here. Yep. And I feel like sex is this part of our life that nourishes, you know, emotional and psychological intimacy and makes us feel connected to our partner and fills this need of, of being acknowledged and seen and loved and cared for mm-hmm. and also expressed. And, you know, and I, yeah, so I mean, I I would compare it to the kitchen, I guess, in a way, you know, like it's what feeds our soul in some very nourishing, powerful ways. It's interesting. It's interesting that you say it, you say it like that because a lot of women don't understand how much sex plays a factor in a relationship. They think they could withhold sex and they could just kind of siphon it off when they choose to. While the man is out there providing for them, taking care of them, sh- giving them shelter. I mean, if they're probably paying the lion's share of things, but they don't feel the need to reciprocate their, your love in terms of taking care of them in other ways. And their love seems to be uh, something different where um, sex is not on the table. And so um, the question I want to ask is what else did 
your ex provide for you that um, you also enjoyed rather than sex? Was there anything else that she provided that you felt was um, that kept mm. you in the game in terms of being in the marriage? I would say the first the first few years when the sex stopped, I was focused on everything else that you know was beautiful about her. Okay. You know, so I mean, the fact that she's so thoughtful and funny and kind and hardworking and caring in so many other ways towards other people, mm. you know, and adventurous and open hearted. Mm. I was focusing on those beautiful things about her for those few, first few years. But after that, um, I had a hard time seeing those parts just because I started to get filled with resentment. And okay. uh, at and at that point, it was basically guilt mm. and shame that kept me faithful to her because of the conditioning from the cult. And okay. I was like, and I was, yeah, I was convinced that I could never be God's friend, and I would, you know, be I would be killed by him mm. at some point in the immediate future if I was to, you know, violate his standards and live my life in a way that wasn't aligned to what I'd been indoctrinated to believe was true. Okay, that makes sense. But, so the fear, yeah. the fear of God, is what kind of kept you in the relationship longer than um, it yeah. should have been. Yeah, fear of displeasing God. That's right. Okay, so when did you get to the point where you said enough is enough? I'm gonna go down a different route. And what? Mm. Who showed you that route to for, uh, when it when it comes to escorts? How did you find that avenue? Yeah. So. Again, it was about 11 years of no, no sexual activity, but we also had like no physical intimacy. Like there was no cuddling at that point. There was no oh, lying wow. on the couch and cuddling and hugging. There was no, there was Jesus no kissing. Christ. It was all gone. Wow. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But I was still lying, lying beside her every night and just desperately wishing that we had that. Um, and we were on vacation. We were on vacation in Asia. We went to visit a, another two couples that we were friends with, uh, also from the cult. And uh, while in Ho Chi Minh City, or Ho Chi Minh, I guess it's called, we went yep. to a spa together, okay. a wellness spa, a legit spa, mm-hmm. um, all six of us, three couples. And uh, I had never had a massage before in my life. Okay. And uh, there was this you know, older woman not, you know, particularly attractive or sensual or anything, but, you know, she was my massage attendant. And uh, it was the first time in almost a decade that I was, like, touched oh, with wow. any degree wow. of sensuality. Wow. Um, and it's Jesus almost like something, insi- something inside of me came back alive, and I was like, whoa. And I, I, had, I had almost reached the point of giving up on life, just before that trip because I felt so worthless, which I think people can relate to. If you're listening to this and you're in a sexless relationship for a long time, you Mm. can relate to this. Mm. And I started to fantasize a little bit about suicide and just how it would be so much easier than than dealing with this. Um, And that's when this happened, this massage thing. And of course, in Asia, massages are like two cents for like 90 minutes. They're not, you know, crazy cheap. Yeah, yeah. So I think I went for one the exact next day and then two the day after and then every day of the rest of our trip. Oh, wow. And we 
we went to uh, Thailand after that, and I and there was a resort, and I had two massages a day every day at the resort. And I was like, okay, and it wasn't sexual; it was just sensual. Yeah. And uh, and then I came back to Toronto, and I started to secretly seek out massage like spas to get massages just legit at the beginning. I didn't want sex, but of course, eventually I ended up uh, getting sexual services at the spa too. And that just felt even more amazing. Yeah. And then that, that led to me seeing prostitutes and escorts and even uh, getting into the world of sugar babies as a sugar daddy for, for years. Yeah. Wow. So, and I'm hiding it all from the world, hiding it from my ex, hiding it from the congregation, hiding it from my friends and family. And pretending to be this holy, righteous man on the outside, like I said, a spiritual leader even. Uh, wow, because because it escalated, yeah. and also you felt that um, if they don't know, it doesn't hurt. Like as the saying goes, if if you don't know, it doesn't hurt. What's, I thought I I wish no, I knew I was hurting her and hurting them. But how how would you I, how I would was, you know you're hurting them if they don't know about your escapades? Only the only way you would be hurting them is if you admitted to your wrongdoing. If they don't know about your wrongdoing, you're not hurting anybody. Well, you're so hurting I, yourself. Yeah, so the answer to anything. your question is that because of the indoctrination, I knew that one day the day of reckoning would come and I would have to admit all the things that I'd done to oh. someone somewhere and she would also be she would I'd have to disclose to her as well. So I knew okay. that it wouldn't be a secret forever. And that it would eventually hurt her. But at that point, I was so full of resentment and so desperate for attention that I justified it. Hmm. And I told myself, well, actually, it's funny. The first time I had a sexual experience at a spa, um, you know, it was amazing. But then I was immediately racked with guilt, like overwhelming guilt, maybe hmm. like five seconds after the orgasm. And I said to my, I remember thinking to myself, okay, all right, so that was amazing. Uh, you lasted 11 years. You can last 11 more, Kevin. Mm. And I lasted three weeks. <laughs> and then I lasted two weeks. And then I, last, then I was, you know, that guy that was going once or twice or three times a week for the next several years wow. in all these different forms yeah. of sex work. Well, yeah, what happened is your resolve got broken, and that's usually what happens when yeah. you know you're yearning for something for such a long time, and you break that spell. You get to a point where then the discipline is 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 added there. It's almost like a virgin, right? Like you can talk about a man or woman that has sex for the first time. It's like yeah. they they start to yearn for that far more because now they know what it is to have sex compared to the time when they were virgins. They never really needed to get that urge off just because they didn't know what the feeling was. So yeah. I think that's really what happened. It was like being a, a kid in a candy store. You 100%. just understood yeah. how many options you had. And I mean, like mm -hmm. anyone else, they would have the same troubles as you did. You're only human. You yeah. only can do so much. And, and sometimes the, the, the flesh is weak, you know, so we're always put yeah. in positions that we're not necessarily well, proud of. We do things. We're not necessarily always going to be happy about next but you know it is part of being human and you learn from your mistakes and also it's yeah. just, you could compare that to a lot of different things where um when a person gets their first cigarette or their first drink from a person that didn't never drank before or never smoked before the after the first time a person smokes a cigarette, they're going to be disgusted. But after a couple of times, they're going to be like, oh, it's not that bad. It's the same with a drink where it's like <clears throat> the first time you 
<clears throat> excuse me, the first time you drink a beer, you're gonna be like, oh, um, yeah, this does, this tastes like this tastes like piss. Like, what are we what are we drinking here? What is it that people enjoy about drinking a beer? And then eventually, as you continuously drink, it gets better. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so and then some people turn into alcoholics. Some people learn to drink moderately, but depends on the personality of the individual. Well, the that will determine on how much, how far they're going to go with um, any any habit. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And, I, and before I forget, I would like to speak to something you said a couple of minutes ago about how, you know, some women, it seems, don't understand how men are nourished by intimacy. Oh, okay, yeah. And can I speak to that for a moment? Yeah, yeah, for okay? sure. Yeah, go right ahead. It's funny, like, after 11 years of no sex, um, something really stupid and warped happened and that is that i started to see sex as something that i i was begging to get from my ex mm. and i i feel like that's actually a message that even hollywood and pop culture constantly reinforces mm. you know there's even an expression that if a guy you know has sex with a woman that he got some yeah or that she gave it up mm. yes and and it's such an unhealthy, horrible frame because sex is not something that a woman gives and a guy gets. Sex is this beautiful shared experience that both people contribute to and co-create together and enjoy. Hundred percent, because yeah, because yeah, they're giving the narrative that they're painting uh, in Hollywood is that women are not pleasured by sex. It's only coming from the man, the man's end, where that is yeah, false. Yeah, false. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and and the other thing I wanted to say is that, um, you know, after with seeing escorts and massage parlor attendants and being a sugar daddy for six years up until when I, you know, came clean and separated and all that stuff, it actually fucked with me in a really horrible way because. I was convinced from my experience with my ex that I was this disgusting, unlovable, impossibly ugly, undesirable creature. And then when I started seeing sex workers, yes, I enjoyed the intimacy, you know, that that that, that safe container provided. However, it reinforced the notion that the only way a woman would ever want to be close to me like that is if she received compensation. Well, actually, so actually, that's that's interesting that you came to that conclusion through um, escorts because I mean, in general, a lot of a lot of situations when it comes to being with a woman comes with compensation. If you think about it, when you're courting a woman, don't you have to take her out? Um, eventually, they're gonna have to live with you, and that's also compensation for being with her. You got to start taking care of her. They're gonna expect much from you. That's why you hear. Women to ask, um, what kind of job? De- um, what kind of job do you have? Um, yeah. Do you live alone? Do you live what alone? Kind of car do you drive? What car do you drive? This this all comes back yeah. down to compensation, whether it's through escorting or having a girlfriend. Yeah, it's it's a silent contract. It's something that's not really spoken about, but there is a contractual obligation that you must have as a man, and that just might be certain things that um, will prove that you have some sort of success or some sort of capability of taking care of her in the future if this is going to go anywhere. A woman 
really understands yeah. this and she's never going to just blindly jump into a, a relationship with a guy where she doesn't know those fine details. She always has to know that you're a capable man of taking care of yourself plus somebody else. If it comes down to it, if it gets serious at any point, you have to be financially sound. You have to be, um, you gotta have some type you of, you gotta value. have some type of value that is tangible. Like I'm, I'm not talking about just value in terms of having a good personality or a good physique. You're going to have to bring something to the table or the woman's going to yeah. look for someone else. Cause it won't last just based on love. It's going to have to be conditional and you're going to have to meet those conditions or requirements that she lays on the table. So as much as women talk about love yeah. and them um, <clears throat> being in love, actually, from my understanding, it's men that fall in love because men could take women that have nothing and make them into a somebody. They could literally clean them up and, you know, take care of them and pay for their living or pay for their schooling or, you know, pay for them getting um, some work done on their body. But that doesn't happen vice versa. It's very rare. It's very rare. Even the sugar daddy thing, what you're talking about. Now, how many sugar mamas are out there compared to sugar daddies? Because men are are far more willing to help a woman out, whether it's, you know, whether it's sex for compensation or even just uh, whether whether it's, uh, you know, you're paying for sex or they're paying for companionship. Men are willing to do that where women understand that, you know, the dynamics are totally different. So they know that they can get sex from men, but there might be specific men that they want that they can't get sex out of. So they need to maybe pay for that. But it's very rare that you bump into these type of women, like the women that you'd bump into most likely are abnormal women, women that are divorcees, uh, maybe have an inheritance or something of that nature where they just have time to burn, time to kill. Maybe they're not interested in a family or anything like that. But again, it's very different mentality than a man's mentality, for sure. But it's good that you came to that understanding because a lot of men, especially young men, don't understand that aspect of dating. Because although you were doing this with escorts, it's the same thing in the dating market. You have to be prepared to give because that's the only way a woman's going to stick around. So I think anybody that, um, you know, has ever been a sugar daddy understands that the most, that they have to, that every um, woman that they date comes under conditions and to never forget that. And usually those conditions are monetary conditions. Yeah, and. I think there's a there's other balanced you know versions of that too on the spectrum. Like, I recently came out of a two year relationship with my girlfriend, a beautiful mm. relationship. Mm. Learned so much from her, and we're still good friends. Mm. Um, but she paid rent every month that we lived together. Oh wow! Yeah, and <laughs> some, she's a lot younger than me, so whenever people would see us together, they sometimes would think you know that I was her sugar daddy. Yeah. And the first thing she would say is, I pay rent every month, you know, because (laughs) just to kind of make that distinction. But even, you know, now when I date women. Sorry, did she pay 50-50? No, not 50-50. I paid more. Well, that's that's the lion's share. (laughs) I paid the lion's share, but she paid, you know, and and we talked about it. She probably would have felt guilty if she never paid because we do live in a society that feminism rules the day. So 
it would it wouldn't be in her best interest not to pay anything at all because she does want to seem like she's independent to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, there's well, lots of women out there that pay nothing and are delighted to pay nothing because they feel cared for and you know safe and secure. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think the men that they're with also feel good being in that provider, like a hundred percent provider mm-hmm. state. And I and I respect that too. Like if that's what you are you know, feel what that's what feels right, then amazing. You know, I think the important thing is that you articulate what your expectations for a relationship would be. And then each of you can self-select in or out mm-hmm. that's of the true. relationship. That's yeah. true. If you agree yeah. to it and she yeah. agreed to it, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a woman I'm seeing right now who, uh, you know, is very successful financially oh. and, and we'll go out for drinks and we'll go to like three or four places and she'll try to pay for, you know, at least half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll let her pay for at least one of them mm-hmm. because, you know, I, she, she wants to, and she's like really die, like fighting me, literally fighting me to get in there, you know, and she's taking me out for dinner on like, like I had Raptor tickets, basketball tickets a few weeks ago, and she insisted on paying for dinner before just as a, like she was the one that brought it up and said, okay, I got dinner. You got the tickets. I got dinner. Dinner's on me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. So, I mean, I think there's a lot, yeah, it's possible to find whatever it is that we are looking for in terms of a balance with that stuff. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, you definitely can, can uh, find that. But again, I think for most of those situations, whether a woman's paying rent or, you know, doing her share of duties, Again, you're going to have to be a capable man. If you weren't capable, yeah. it's a big difference of them wanting to pay rent or wanting to pay for anything. That is true. If they understand yeah. that you're capable, they have no problems paying because they know in the back of their mind, you could pay. So there is that security blanket they know. Right. Now, if they right. understood that every single time they have to pay, they would that dynamic wouldn't work. Whether she you, you see her as a successful woman and you're like, well, she's successful. Well, for her, it doesn't matter that she's successful and that she can pay every single meal. She does not want to pay every single meal because she might want yeah. to be, you know, taken care of to a certain extent. But she can help with the payments. She's not, you know, so so um, reliant on you just to pay everything. But as long as you're capable Women will play their their role as well and and help out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they just want to see capability. They just need to see the capability. Now, if you never had mm-hmm. anything going for yourself, don't expect something like that to happen often because the woman's gonna you know start feeling like you're using her possibly because women do feel this way and they will feel that way about certain men because they know they've some of them been through that and they're like I don't want a freeloader. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it's in- it's interesting. Yeah, it's inter- yeah, I guess beyond interesting. I, mm-hmm. it's like just, I think of sorry. Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian, you know, she's worth who knows how much more than him. A hundred, two hundred times more than him. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. No, sorry, twenty sorry, twenty times more than him? Yeah. Ten times more? No. He was worth like eight million, she's worth a billion. I don't know what the math is on that. A hundred? Yeah, hundred or two hundred times, times more. Yeah, Wait, it was a play toy yeah, for her. It was a play toy because at the end of the day they're not together now. Uh, well, they're not together now, but if they were still together, you know, would we still say he was a play toy? I don't know. I think yeah, only well, they d- know. It depends if, he was a play if they get married, right? I definitely, I, yeah, I would definitely that. say he's a play toy until he takes on the mantle of being married to her, and then okay, yeah. all right, then there's some seriousness I why you there. Say that. Yep, because yeah. again, it's just like dating. I mean, well, 
it, just because you dated someone doesn't mean it was serious. Even sometimes if you married someone doesn't mean they're serious. It just depends mm. what space you were in that time of your life. Some people get married because mm. they want certain things out of the marriage, whether it's kids or, or their family pressuring them. doesn't mean they necessarily like the person and even in that situation when you're a celebrity and you're at those heights i think it just doesn't matter like you're not going to find people that are making the exact same amount of money we can go through the list of women that are multi-millionaires you can go from like serena williams for example the man that she has is clearly not as rich as her like it's just obvious the the guy that fathered her kid she, he's the guy he's from not, reddit uh, that was a, actually that was the founder of Reddit. Oh, was he? Yeah, okay, well, well, maybe he has as much money, but there's definitely women, uh, guys she's dated or took in seriously that that just can can't ever match up to what she's making. But she has that option to 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 shoot like lower than what her her level is because she's at the, the zero point zero 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 one percent. There's not many options at that height, you yes. know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it was a, definitely a great topic today with, um, you know, with the whole story. We definitely appreciate you coming in. You know, Kevin, you have a lot of uh, good words to say. I think a lot of people probably learned a lot from this um, program today, this podcast. I think you have give a different angle when it comes to marriage and your experiences in marriage and just life in general. I think that a lot of people you know see life as linear and they just think oh yeah you get married and happy ever after and that's how things should go or or you divorce because you have issues and you argue all the time and you have troubles but in your case you said that you know the love was there in terms of you did like you did adore your wife you never had no issues it wasn't like you're arguing with her or anything like that you guys did get along but just the thing that was missing was that physical intimacy the sex and things of that nature that, you know, made things maybe go kind of uh, in the opposite direction that you didn't want it to go. But a lot of people don't yeah. ever think that's ever plays a factor in marriages. But we would mm -hmm. like to tell people that, you know, sometimes you can be, get along with the person, love the person, but there's certain things missing. And sometimes sex is a major factor. Yeah, I appreciate that. And hearing you say all those nice things about me, thank you for those. <laughs> but oh, it, it, it made me truth. realize I want to add a caveat as well. And that is that, you know, I after, you know, especially at the beginning, after the first three years, let's say two or three years, when the resentment started to really take root. Yep. Um, I mean, I was not a great partner after that. I mean, I was, you know, angry and, you know, so, I mean, if she was like, let's, let's go on this vacation over there. I'd be like, what about what I want? Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I'm thinking inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about the thousand times you've rejected me and what I want? You know, mm -hmm. like, who cares what you want? That's what I'm thinking and mm -hmm. feeling. But I was suppressing it all. And, and so I started to act out in all kinds of unhealthy, toxic ways. So I was not, yeah, like I was not a great person to be married with, married oh. to after a, a few years. For sure. Well, you know, well um, what that actually says is that you don't want to be in a relationship where you're um, harboring a lot of um, bad or ill will towards the other or just hatred and just... Um, terrible. You, terrible. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be in a situation where everything is bottled up and then you can explode at any time. That means it's not a healthy relationship to begin with. 
And you need to get out of those situations in order to, for your own sanity and your own peace and harmony. True. So, so true. So actually yeah. what a lot of the listeners and viewers can take away from this is that if they're in a situation where they feel that they're kind of cornered or they have no real choice or they're bottling up a lot of feelings, instead of going to like a therapist or whatnot, uh, just get out of the situation in general for your own sanity and and um you know go down a different road yeah, yeah. so i do want to thank and you and your Kevin. partner yeah yeah and your yeah. partner as well i do want to yeah, thank you for, for coming on this was a great podcast you definitely gave us a lot of insight and i'm sure you've given the viewers and audience a lot of insight on everything you're you've discussed and especially even going into your own life and just being vulnerable and allowing people to hear these stories a lot of people aren't willing to share these stories especially men because they're they're very proud and to put themselves in a vulnerable position where they're sharing certain stories is not what typically happens. Hence why a lot of men fall into traps when it comes to being in relationships because they're not willing to share their uh, the downfalls to relationships. Um, but women are willing to share the downfalls to relationships with other women. So they're able to discuss things, but men aren't. So it's not so easy to get those t- that type of information out. Yeah, this is great for mental health as well, you yes. know, especially you did talk about, you know, the suicidal thoughts, you know, just not feeling loved, not feeling appreciated, Yeah, you know, um, your confidence getting shattered by, due to your circumstances, even though Back. it was no fault of your, your own, it's just how you felt according to, you know, not receiving the love that you've um, desired so, so, uh, so badly. So I we definitely appreciate this. And to the men listening, you know, it's not over just because, you know, you're in a relationship and maybe that woman has fallen out of love with you or maybe doesn't want you around her or whatever the case may be. I think it's best that you do talk with people, have some type of um, dialogue with others and really discuss it. Get it off your chest. Don't bottle it up. Don't let the years pass by and, you know, throw it under the rug. Let it come out once you feel that there's an issue or something that needs to be addressed. Because what's a great great lesson from this is that you should act with urgency when you realize things aren't going the way you want them to go. Or it will, it could possibly uh, deteriorate you and maybe lead you down the wrong path. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right, Kevin, thanks a lot again. My pleasure. Thanks right. for having me on your on your show, you guys. Love yeah. The yeah, no problem. Anytime. Thank we'll definitely you, get you. you back on, and we'll definitely talk about other topics. Sounds good. Thanks, Kevin. We All appreciate right. it. All right, yeah. Kevin. You have a pleasure. good one. Bye for now. Yeah, bye. Thanks, bye. man. You too. Take care. Ciao. Take care. Bye, guys. Where do you... There you have it, guys. We had Kevin on the line, and he shared a lot of insightful things. And this topic today was about uh, men and the things that they face. Jesus Christ. Behind closed doors. And a lot of the emotions that are bottled up and not expressed. But women out here are here talking about toxic masculinity. But, I mean, right now, Kevin came out and he he opened up his heart. He showed his emotions. He, He showed what he was going through in marriage. And a lot of women don't understand what men go through sometimes in marriage and why people refuse to get into a marriage. 
Yes, absolutely. And my final, you know, thoughts on this whole program today was, you know, men take uh, take notes. Um, you know, sometimes this is this is how things go in life. Sometimes they're just we bottle things up far too long. You know, yep. we waste time and we don't take action when it's necessary. So let this be a lesson learned. Where if you don't take action, sometimes you know life will go by and you think change will happen and it won't happen unless you make it happen so again men take accountability for your own actions you can't control those around you but you can control yourself and what decisions you decide to make at the end of the day make sure you're very mindful of that make sure you're checking in with your fellow men in terms of their mental health as well especially when it comes to guys having problems with their relationships because every man has it they might not express it to you, but be cognizant of that and understand that, you know, not every relationship perfect. Everybody has their troubles. So with that being said, that's what we got on today's topic. Exactly. And you're with Sunny Frames. And your boy, Fuzzy Vision. This is Far From Normal Podcast. And, and we are out deuces. So say goodnight to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. Come on. Make way for the bad guy. There's a bad guy coming through. Better get out of his way. Not that guy. Emotional damage.